0: Hello and welcome to the latest from Heart Standard. My name is Joel Sked and on this occasion I am joined by my colleague James Kearney. How's it going James?
1: I'm very well thanks, I'm very well. How are you getting on?
0: Yeah, not too bad, not too bad. We are here to discuss, uh, so I'm I'm trying to do three things at once here. Uh, We are here to discuss the, or not discuss, hand out, imaginary Hmm. awards for the season so far. So we're of course at the halfway point in the season. Well, Halfway, uh, just further than halfway point in the league, mm. uh, but just yeah, it makes it easier to say the halfway point of the season because it's the winter break and it's just a natural, uh, natural kind of um stopping point, and it gives us the opportunity to do shows like this where we hand out awards for the first half of the season. So we've got a lot of awards here, most of them good, some of them, some of them not so good. Mm. Uh, but we'll kind of it'll be quite, probably quite quick fire. So a lot of the things we kind of spoke about or covered when uh, Liam was on the show and we looked back at the first half of the season. This will be um, this will be similar, but going into um, other areas as well. We will have uh, a video later on in the week about the CUNY. Some of the questions have been sent in on social media uh, between myself and Scott and James and I will probably answer some questions as well for a written piece that will likely go, uh, go out on Friday or over the weekend. So be sure to check out this. But on this occasion, we're here to chat about the awards that we're about to hand out. So, the first one will be. Let's. I've got. I've made the list. Just need mm. to find it. Uh, oh, I've of course closed it down. So, what is well, the? I, I had it
1: as um, the best player apart from Lawrence Shankland.
0: Yes, that is. Yes. That is. That that is exactly where we will start. Best player not named Lawrence Shankland. Because I mean, if we just did best player, then it it's obvious who that would be. So best player yeah. not named uh, Lauren Shankland. Who have you got, James?
1: So I had two in mind, um, but I've been trying not to repeat myself throughout these awards.
0: There's there's one where I've I've, I've had to repeat myself. Right. Because, okay. Well, and this this is the answer. Right. With the, one of these is the answers.
1: Yeah. So I think I know exactly who you're going to go for. So I, I had him in mind as well, um, but I did. So then I won't go for him. Then I'll go for Alex Cochrane. I think he's had an excellent season so far. I think he just continues to go from strength to strength. He's done it in, in a lot of the big games. He's becoming more and more consistent as the season goes on, to the point now where I think he's in the conversation for being the best left back in the league at present. You know, I, I, I think you look at Celtic and Rangers at the moment; that's a kind of problem position for them both. And looking at elsewhere around the division, I'm not convinced there's many better at the moment, or there's not been many better this season. So yeah, I'll, I'll go for Alex Cocker then.
0: Okay, that's uh, that's a surprise. I thought Cochrane. I think he's been he's been really good. He's been consistent. He's been solid. Uh, that's that's me. Yeah, I
1: guess you far in my book, you know. That, yeah, yeah. That's, I like existing players.
0: That's fair. That's fair. No, he's he's definitely. I think you look at it, when I was looking at the, the list of players and thinking who's the best out of not There was there was only other one kind of obvious answer for me. The but there was also a lot of players who they have done really well. And improved on last season when I think a lot of the teams, certainly in the second half of the season, maybe stagnated or regressed. There's plenty of players who have kind of kicked kicked on, but without uh, just being uh, just kind of kind of blowing me away with their performances. So Cockney fits into that. I, however, gone for Frankie Kent, who yeah, has I been, see that. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's, he's 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 been excellent, and I'm sure we're going to keep, we'll we'll cover him. Uh, I think in... Um, in, in another word, very, very shortly. So I won't, I won't speak too much about him because we can mm. both we can both speak about him very shortly. So, yeah, Frankie Kent, in, in brief, I just think he has been the player that Hearts have Hearts have needed, Hearts missed last season, uh, or the second half of last season without Craig Halkett. In fact, missed the entire last season just because of Craig Halkett's uh, injury issues. So he was in and out of the team due to a variety of uh, variety of inju- uh, injury issues and we look at Kent and how important he has been to to that defence. He's just come up from down south and being that reliable presence who puts his head on the ball and just you kind know, of no nonsense centre back who can play a wee bit as well. He's confident on the ball without being uh, it's uh, like a, a liberal who you don't want to have on the ball. So moving to most improved player, who have you got, James?
1: So this one, I feel I feel a bit, I wasn't sure about this one just because I think this player, I think the first half of last season he was excellent and then the second half of last season was not so excellent um, but I think he's really kicked on particularly over the last kind of two months or so. It's Ky Um, You know, I think we all know that going into the World Cup in Qatar, he was an excellent four, he played really well for Australia when he did get, did get his chance at that tournament and then it. It seemed like he regressed a wee bit, I think, over the second half of last season, but I think... theres
0: I don't know if there, was, there was any wee bit about it. JFC definitely
1: yeah. regressed. And it was yeah. quite so again, I feel a wee bit bad putting him in for most improved because you know, obviously you know, the first half of last season he was excellent. There's obviously a good player mm-hmm. in there. But I think compared to the way he finished last season and the way he's playing, well, he was playing up until leaving for the Asian Cup, just fantastic. Um, again, just looks a lot more solid. looks a lot more confident as well. And I think you can see that. I mean, there was that moment in the Edinburgh Derby when he was on a booking already, obviously uh, for giving away the penalty. And then at one point he was on the ball and Martin Boyle was kind of chasing after him. And he still had the presence of mind and the composure to basically just turn Boyle, skip skip past him and then like charge up the pitch. And it's like, for a player to do that on a booking in a Derby when it's nil-nil, that thing's guts. You know, and again, I think that's something that we're seeing more of as time goes on. And it's just nice to see him back, back to something approaching his best. Yeah,
0: absolutely. He was definitely one I considered. The only reason I didn't choose him was because of something you alluded to when you mentioned about how good he was last season. So my kind of view is that he's just got back to the levels that yeah. the Hearts fans expected or what that. he saw in the first half of the season. But absolutely, it's like there's a couple of... It's like Graham makes a point that Kent seems to have helped improve roles which I'm sure yeah. we'll come on to talk about very shortly. But he has... He's looked better as the season's gone on. I don't think it's any surprise that gone to a back three where he's not having to be so. He's not doesn't have the responsibility as much responsibility to be in those physical duels and one on one with one on one with, with centre backs. It gives them a wee bit of breathing space and it allows them to be on the ball. And I think that's something that has improved um, within him over the last certainly the last couple of months. Is. His ability on the ball to step out, like you said, you made the you made the point about the Martin Boyle one. So he looks like he's grown in confidence and um, just ensuring this. and uh, he just seems to be uh, kind of he just seems to be he seems to feel comfortable within the the setup at the moment, and you can really see that because I do think he is a player who can make hearts a lot of money, especially if you look at him potentially going to. A European side or even going down south where there is a lot more focus on like it's more positioning and it is um kind of less physical the more ta- tactical and technical than it has been uh when you look at the past in um the English Premier League so yeah can understand that I went for Alan Forrest mm. I just think he was I thought, I thought he was a smart I thought he was a smart pickup at last season, and he did. He was he was effective enough. He was productive enough with uh, with his goals and assists. But he never last season. He never really held down a regular spot in the team. And that's kind of the role I was expecting from him. He'd be that bit part player or squad player who would be useful in domestic games where we had so many more games, and there was. There needed to be rotation, so never really. I don't think there was, there was ever that um, kind of pressure on him to be a key player this mm. season. I think he's he's stepped up. He's been he's been relied on a lot more, just a variety of reasons, positionally, uh, injuries, players that's been signed but not settled in, players have been inconsistent. Whereas Forrest has largely been consistent. He's played in four or five positions. He's come up with some really big moments. You look at the goal against Tibbs, you look at the, his performance against Livingston and his performance against Celtic as well. So I think he's stepped up and the Hearts fans, and generally probably more appreciative of what, he's, what he brings to the team. He's never going to be a world beater. He's never going to be... Uh, when you have the uh, like uh, mascots or kids on um, before the game, and they're talking about their favorite players, I don't think Alan Forrest is ever going to be in that realm, but I think he's going to be an important first team player, which he has been this season.
1: Yeah, no, yeah. So it's a really good shout. And he was—he was the other one I was considering for that one, just because, like you say, he's went from being someone who's a squad player, kind of on the fringes. And now, you know, he's played a lot of football this season, and deservedly so. You know, um, that's him. Uh, i think he's got like three or four assists which makes him one of the top assisters in the team as well so like now he's just he's, he's he's making his presence felt for sure and um, he sees his opportunity and like you say in quite difficult circumstances and he's had to do a lot of different positions and a lot of different roles but he's just taking it all in stride um so yeah no, i think that's an excellent shout
0: we move on to best signing i've already said frankie kent uh yeah. what about what about yourself have you gone for frankie kent
1: of course, yeah. yeah, who else is it going to be, you know, Michael McGovern? No, come on, <laughs> you. <Yeah. laughs> yeah, yeah, we, we know think... like, how good he is. We've, we've seen him come in. He's, again, he's played just about every minute of every game for a reason. He's really settled that defence. He's Again, he's consistent. That word again, that, that one that I like. You know, you get a 7 out of 10 from him most weeks, I think. Um, And there's been one or two little hairy moments, like there was that goal away to St Mirren and Paisley earlier on in the season where having Clark had a bit of a hoo-ha. But aside from that, it's, it's difficult to really think of him putting a foot wrong. And just having it, something like that in defence is just so steady, so reliable, and he's always available. That's just absolutely massive. And um we've even seen in recent weeks, obviously, that with could coming back into the team, he's moved from that central defensive role out to the right centre back role. And even then, I, I wasn't sure if he could do that. But again, he's taking it in the stride once again. He's looking really he's looking like he can play that position absolutely no bother. Um Maybe he has to work on his long passing every now and again, because as you know, that's yeah. a bugbear of mine.
0: That is that is a bug way. I haven't uh, sitting next to you for most games this season. I definitely know that's that's a bugbear of yours. But I think the with Kent, you look at two ways is that when he says best signing in the season so far, you're comparing him to a lot of guys who have not really had that consistent consistency in their performance or just done what was expected or hoped of them by now, but at the same time, he's just he's been very, very good. That even if you had two, or th- two of these, two or three of these other uh, signings where playing week in, week out and being consistent, you still have to consider Kent just because of the high levels of his performance. And he's he stepped into the, the Michael Smith role of always kind of give, you, you, you know what you know what you're going to get with Kent. Mm. And it's so important to have those types of individuals within your team. Let's move on to where we're we going now. Okay, so there's uh, the next couple of um, categories. We we'll should be uh, short and sharp. But the first one is an interesting one. Best goal. There's there's a few to choose from. That's I've, I was watching the goals again uh, mm. this afternoon, and there is a fair few to choose from. So um, I have agreed with Liam here, who says Shanklin versus St Mirren. Mm. What before I go to talk about it, what's what which one is uh which one have you opted for?
1: Oh, I, I went for a different one and amazingly it's not even a couldn't goal either. It's uh okay. I went for I went for Alan Forrest in the Derby at Tincast. Yep. So, yeah, just yeah, you know, long range screamer right into the top bin, kind of out of nothing. Yep, Graham agrees with you. Yep, Graham gets it. See, he knows. <laughs> just that ah, yes, you yeah. Know, someone scudding it in the top corner from miles away. Great fun, always good. So
0: yeah, that was uh, that was obviously a consideration. The, you've also got Stephen King, Kingsley's free kick at uh, Celtic Park as well. Yeah. I mean, you could pick out a number of uh, a number of Shanklin goals that have been scored. Forest it lost a wee bit of luster because it came it, mm. it didn't mean as much in the end because of the draw. Um, the. Uh, and it's, it's it's one. It was like a ferocious strike. It was it was it was brilliant, but lost a wee bit of lustre. But I still think that Shanklin's against St Mirren was better because watching the game today, when the ball comes in from Barry McKay, uh, he's Shanklin's already setting himself for that pass, and then he has to kind of um, move his body again because it because it hits off or kind of flicks off Denham. Mm. Uh, on his way like kind of denim ushers it into his in, into his path and then when he controls it he doesn't once look at the goal that's what is uh, I think so impressive about it he never gets his head up and looks at the goal he just he touches it and leathers it with his left foot just because I think he knows he, he knows where he is he knows he's around he sees awareness yeah. and he f- fires it into into the top uh, top corner
1: no yeah I mean it's absolutely fantastic um Again, it's just the, like you say, it's the improvisation of it as well. It's, you know, it's an unusual way to hit the ball from that position, and it's just—it's just, it's just another example of Shangguan. Just you know, he can do it. Always scores all st- different types of goals, and that's just a, that's another great one for his collection. Definitely. Yeah, I mean,
0: yeah, its um they're not as spectacular, but go, he's got his finish against uh, his second goal against. Well, I'm, 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 he scored so many recently that I'm hmm. uh, losing. Uh, uh, oh, second goal against, The second goal against Ross County When he passes it into the bottom corner And then the goal oh, and The goal to Livingston as well So uh, mm-hmm. it, it, just his range of finishing That he could he could choose Before I move on to best save Daniel asks, uh, I missed it, who was player of the season Who's not Shanks uh, We're split, it was between Frankie Kent and Alex Cochran yep. So James Best save of the season Liam has gone for Kai Rolls against Hibs <laughs> uh, Wrong one High <laughs> kind
1: of rolls against him, which was a fantastic, uh, fantastic save. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If if in, it would have been one yeah. now, you know. Yeah, it's hard to argue with that one, to be honest. Yeah. Uh, see, I, I, I know that you're a member of the goalkeepers' union, so these things probably stick out in your memory more. But I, I was quite, I was struggling a wee bit, to be honest. And um, I feel like I've kind of copped out a bit. So I went for um, from the same match, uh, Xander Clark's save against Martin Boyle, just because obviously if that goal goes in, it's a completely different match. You know, keeps Hearts in the derby, she have some momentum back. Uh, it was also just technically a brilliant save. You know, I had to get down really low right in the corner. But um, yes, that, that was my own. But I don't know, did you have any any more in mind? Just because I know that, as, as, you know, as a goalie yourself, you probably pay a bit more attention to this stuff than the likes of me.
0: So he's. <clears throat> uh, I looked back on why Scouts uh, saves this season. And the vast majority are ones that you expect uh, when it comes mm. to save of the season. Save of the season so far. You're looking at saves which. That you don't expect a goalkeeper to make. So you've got obviously Gordon was uh, just unreal at pulling off saves that you don't really expect normal goalkeepers to to make. Clark is someone who who, who saves shots that very rarely does he get beaten by a shot. Uh, now that you expect them to save, there was one. He's, he's had a couple of really good close um, close range ones. I think there was a headed against Kilmarnock that was close in and then there was a reflex save against St. Johnston, which I was considering. I think it was nil-nil mm. at the time at Tynecastle. However, I remember that one, yeah. watching it back, it actually came off his face. So <laughs> uh that kind of lost lost a wee bit of points for me. So yeah, mm. I went for I went for the penalty save as well. Like you said, it was such a crucial moment. And also I think it was a crucial moment for Hearts. so it was a crucial moment for Xander Clark as well because he could easily been dropped the After kind of two of the previous games against Rangers and and Aberdeen against Rangers, it wasn't um, it wasn't great goalkeeping for the winning goal for Rangers. He dropped a he he dropped a cross after I think it was uh, afterwards as well, and he just he just looked unsteady. And then he didn't look clever for the Aberdeen goal. But then Mm. uh, that was just a huge moment in the the destiny destiny of the match, but just for him individually.
1: No, absolutely, yeah, absolutely.
0: And moving on to which, what have we have got next? Best
1: moment. Mm, so I, I've got two here. I think there's one that seems quite obvious, which I assume you've written. So I'll, I'll, I'll let you do that one. Um, the other one I've got is a uh, goal School against Kilmarnock in the league, uh, away at Rugby Park, the last minute winner in the League Cup. Oh, okay. Just because it was a game where I think. You know, Hearts were quite strugg- were struggling at the time, they'd, they'd started quite well against Kelly but then Kelly got back into it, it looked as if the, the momentum was maybe behind them, and, you know, it was wet, it was windy, it looked like it was, sh- looked like it was going to extra time and it was just a goal almost out of nothing, you know, it was like from from the moment when Hearts win the ball back to the ball ended up in the back of the net, it's about you know, seven or eight seconds or something like that and it just gets well, launched forward and it ends up in the back of the net, it's not the kind of goal we see Hearts score a lot of. Um, and again, it just, it was, it's, I think it was a really big win at a really important time when things weren't going as well for Naismith. So I'll, I'll go for that one just because I, I'm sure as as the Hearts fan out of the two of us, there's one in particular that you'll be able to speak much better about than I will.
0: Aye, so I, I, I didn't consider this. I was uh, this um, a, dec- a, a good point because of the... Because it was a... Like, like I said, a lot of the noise around it. There was the the banner before the game as well, in the mm. in the away end. So I, I, I tried to narrow this. So I, trying to get this from three upper um, three options to one was was very difficult. So kind of um, so the next so including this, we've got best moment. The next one's best performance, and then mm. the one after that's kind of the best managerial tactical moment. So I've split my three options across the next the next three. So, for best moment, I have gone for uh, the winning goal against Hibs. Of Shantland, course. Yeah. yeah.
1: Had to Just, be, right? Had to be.
0: Yeah, it was, it was such, a, such a dreary game. And you, you look at the fact the Hearts have won at, uh, at Celtic f- um, for the first time in so long in the league. But then the... So you you look, you look at that i think like that's 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 a that's a brilliant moment beating Rosenberg coming from behind to beat them was a massive moment but nothing i don't think ever beats scoring a last minute goal in a derby especially if he've not played well and it was shanklin who had a terrible game up until that point he missed a penalty, mm. and then he produced that just that moment of magic and what made it was just like the the, the celebrations that uh, that followed both shanklins and the teams and then the uh the, the fans in the, in the way end and also the Hibs fans who just immediately in front of us just got up and left.
1: Yeah, no, like you say, I had it all. It was brilliant and just I love the, just the finish as well, the fact when you watch the replay of it and, you know, you can see, there's one angle you can see where he's like, it he, he looks like he's fallen over the whole way. Like, he doesn't look in control. Of, he, looks, he looks completely off balance. He's just kind of lunging into the ball a bit desperately. But still to be in that situation with, you know, players all over him and still to just to curl it into the top corner of the outside of your boots, just ridiculous so uh yeah yeah i think that that one's i I said i had that one jotted down but um i think it's got to be that one doesn't it? it's last minute to have winner what more do you want yeah exactly exactly what have you gone for best performance um so i wasn't sure was this for the team or for an individual
0: you can you can uh, you can choose whichever one you've gone okay. for. I've I've went for I've went for
1: team. Okay, well it's kind of the same to be honest, anyway, because I, I think the best performance I went for the 2-0 win at Celtic Park. Um and then as, as from an individual perspective, I went for Alex Cochrane again. I thought that game he was absolutely magnificent. Um, definitely helped by the fact that Mikey Johnson had a stinker, but he was absolutely immense that day, didn't put a foot wrong. Um and I, and I, obviously in a very difficult game where a lot was asked of him. And he just, you know, he responded absolutely magnificently every single time. So I, I would go with that. I think, I think, I think ha, I, I would go for best individual performance would be Cochrane. and then the best team performance I think it has to be the two 0 win at Parkhead, doesn't it? So <laughs> it does, but I've,
0: I've I've put that down as my best kind of tactical moment because I, I really enjoyed your piece afterwards that looked at how Hearts kind of got in front against Celtic and then just kept them at bay because I was watching when I was watching Clark's saves today. He he had four saves in the entire the entire match against Celtic. Every single save was outside the box. So we'll right. come on. Uh, we kind of talk about that more in depth uh, later. So, but my best performance, just because it's the one that resonate, the one that resonated with me the most in terms of what I want to see from my Hearts team, was the Roosevelt game. Yeah. Just The the, the first leg didn't go to didn't go to plan, but managed to just get a, an away goal there. And then Rosenberg scored early at Tinkash. It's like, well, that's mm-hmm. that's that. But Tinkash, that night was incredible. The Euro- uh, proper European, kind of European night under the lights, and the atmosphere was incredible. And it was just that's it kind of ignited the the team to uh, come back. And I just thought the energy that night was was incredible. It's like not the most. Most like refined performance but it was there was there was an element of chaos about it mm-hmm. and I'd, I'd, I'd like that when uh i think hearts always have to play with an element of chaos
1: no, that's fair enough i'll need to take your word from that one because that's one of the few hearts games this season i've not been to i only watched that one on the telly uh so oh, of course there. yeah, yeah. I, I, didn't get, I didn't get to experience it so i'll, I'll take yeah. your word for it, yeah, it, it though like it looked like a great laugh i'll, I'll be honest
0: yes it was and it was it was one of those where uh because i was working that night and then immediately i was like right i'm definitely going as a fan to the uh the, the pulp game which we'll get mm-hmm. to uh get to later so yeah well,
1: i'm sure yeah. we will
0: yes <laughs> So that was um, that was my best performance. I'm just laughing at Liam's um, for a moment this season when we decided to play with nine men because Hoss needed a job. Eight, seven, but I actually re- remember that because they're we like, make a change. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: that was very confusing. It was a good few minutes as well, wasn't it? Oh, it was, it was ages. It was ages. Yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> so what have you... So I've, I've said about Celtic away. What was your best kind of hmm. managerial you know, tactical moment? So th- this is where you kind of praise Naismith for a, like a big... Um, Big decision, or you could say the um, best managerial or t- kind of coach in a tactical moment is the improvement in set pieces, which has been led by Frankie Kent. What have you gone for? Oh,
1: that, that, okay, so yeah, Frankie I, McFoy, I, I, not Frankie
0: Kent. But yeah, right, that
1: would be <laughs> impressive. Um, and I forgot about the set piece thing, actually. And I might go for that, but I, I was maybe a little bit more specific. I, I went for like the... Um, it was the game up in Dingwall. Again, it's not the most brilliant game wasn't the most important game wasn't the biggest and sexiest game but it was like a really clear indication for me of just the Naismith spotting what's going wrong on the pitch addressing it and getting the reward so it was when Alex Lowry and Alan Forrest were brought on about, mm-hmm. right about the error mark it's like the, the little pockets in the kind of left-hand side of the midfield where Lowry plays there were loads of space there you know, just Hearts weren't taking advantage of it. Harts, you know, Mason had noticed that. Brought on brought in Lowry, and then he brought in Forrest at wing back. I'm sure it was again. There's that thing about again, Hearts were getting joy out, out in the right hand side and behind they were finding time. And then you know, about five ten minutes after that, the, the two of them combine with a Lowry ball in behind the defence. Forrest somehow gets a header on and then scores. So again, it's one of those moments where it's again, it's not probably not the biggest. It probably didn't have the biggest impact, but it was one of those moments that really impressed me. Just because I, I thought it was, um. Just, yeah, just a really bit of insightful bit of management from the sidelines. Again, I thought it was an instance of just the game getting turned to Hearts' favour because of the changes that were made during... Yeah,
0: that, that was that was a big week, that, because we were, were at Rugby Park that week as well, and the one you talked about with Alex Lowry scoring late on, and again, mm. Lowry was brought off the bench in that game, so it was, it was two big moments, and it, it took a while after that game to really kick on, but there was, yeah, it was, it was positive signs, and, again, the... There, there was there was chance uh, at, at the board at times, so it was a was was a big win, and it was was a key turning point. But again, it's found a few times where you're just looking at the starting eleven, you're thinking, I'm not sure that's going to work. And that was that was one case because you had mm. Denham playing the kind of Denham was playing more of a higher role there, um, and then not like a fire that was just one where he just didn't really look comfortable playing at wing, uh, wing back in the uh, in the first half. Um, so yeah, that's, uh, yeah, that was a big moment. It was an impressive moment for from Naismith. I thought, like I said, the Celtic uh, Celtic game away. I thought you dissected it really, really well in, in your piece, just the, the way that the midfielders worked in tandem with the, the wing backs. the wing backs were, were, were brilliant. the fact that the fact that Mikey Johnson got cheered off. Uh, said said a lot about Cochrane's performance. He had Atkinson up against Stelos uh, Palma as well, putting putting a, a, a brilliant shift. And then the the way the two kind of number eights and George Grant and Aidan Denham worked uh, worked with it. And going back to what I said, Celtic were reduced to four shots on I think it was four shots on target, all of which were outside the box. It was just it was a it was a brilliant team performance. But I think it was like tactically spot on as well, especially getting that early goal because. When, when we scored, I was like, uh, it was one of those, probably scored too early here at Celtic Park, mm. and then you got a second one, and you're thinking, oh no, it's even worse, because you, you're going to lose a two-goal lead.
1: Mm. But well, then... remember we saw that at Ivers, didn't we, when you know Shanklin scored again, like five, six, seven minutes into the game or something yeah. like that, and then obviously there was those two late goals, so it was like, yeah, you don't want to score, t- it sounds dumb, but yeah, you don't want to score too early, you know, because it can. Sometimes you bit like, oh God, right, we've got 80 minutes now, what are we going to do?
0: But it was just because of the nature of the performance. Of course, Celtic contributed to it. But standing the way and you're thinking, this is actually really comfortable, which is, uh, I think, arguably one of the most impressive aspects of it. Liam, before we move on to the next one, Liam mentions the reaction to the Celtic park defeat at Tiny and then how he set up and approached Motherwell away, controlled the game and got three points. So We've never really looked back. Yeah, I think that's that was a big turning point, tactically, that going from the back four to the back three Mullerwell was, it's a shame because the game finished 2-1, but it was 2-1 going on 3-4-5-1 with the way Hearts controlled it, should have had a couple of penalties, created better chances, never really looked like conceding as well, So, and it came at an important point because it was just before the international break, and at that point there was, again, the noise and questions around Naeswith, and that win allowed a wee bit of positivity going into that international break where usually it's times where teams look uh, if there's um they're going to make change of manager it's around that time
1: no absolutely you know because I think that I'm, I'm sure I'm right in saying that the game I think the first game of the back three and it was the 2-1 defeat at Ibrooks, which was immediately after the the 4-1 defeat to Celtic right so yes uh, yeah uh, yeah that would, i think if so you looked up, I'll, I'll continue with my spiel but um so i, I think you, know, you can argue i think that perhaps even the game at ibrook's that's the turning point because that's when the system changes that's when you you see the back three that's when you start seeing benigami played in the number six position then he comes and really comes on to a game that that was a big turning point and yeah okay that was a game that ended in defeat and yeah it was a sore one but ever since then like as liam says like i think from that point on you know it's been pretty much the back three in every single game. That's kind of been the template going forward. So, yeah, that was obviously a disappointing afternoon in the way it ended. But I think tactically, that was a big, that was a really big game it showed that Hearts can compete within that system and make life really difficult for their opponents.
0: Yeah, so it was just the, just looking at it now, it was that Celtic game and then the Rangers game that followed. Um, I forget, all oh, right, yeah, the Rangers game that followed. Livingston at home, and then the Rangers League Cup game where it just it didn't, yeah. didn't really work. And
1: well, we'll get to that, don't worry. I've got that on my list for later on.
0: Yeah, okay. <laughs> we'll, we'll get to that. I think the final, uh, sorry, the, the penultimate positive award is the biggest surprise of the season.
1: Um, well, it could, again, be, could,
0: could be positive, could be negative. Depends how you take it.
1: Yeah, well, I, I was positive, um, yeah. and again, but it's... Again, a boring one, I'm kind of repeating myself, but I think you have to go for the 2-0 win at Parkhead. I don't think anyone saw that coming. Anyone that says it did, you're lying. No, you didn't. <laughs> Absolutely everyone thought they were going to go there. And it was going to be a long, long afternoon, and it turned out be one of the most comfortable afternoons hearts have had all season. So, yeah, I'll, I'll go for that one just because it was completely out of the blue, let's be honest. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I, absolutely. Because I remember we did the preview show, and it was just like we were very in England. Yeah, can can Hearts win at Celtic, uh, Celtic Park, and there were so many people just like, no, finished. That's it. Yep. No one discussing it, and then they produced that. So yeah, that was. No one saw that coming. Like not even the most uber positive Hearts fan. We like would be like, can Hearts win? Yeah. Will we? No. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, that's um, that's definitely. The biggest, I think, on an individual basis, that was that is definitely the biggest surprise. Or uh, a game by game basis, that was definitely the biggest surprise for me, relating to that. But kind of more wider point is the away form is just uh, the the team. The biggest surprise was the fact that we've started to win games away from home, and I've obviously spoken about it a lot on here. I've written about it on on the site, and it's been a big bugbear of uh, Hearts fans for many years just how, how poor the team is away from home so yeah I think um, I think that's been that's been the biggest biggest surprise for me and just the hope that we can finally win 10, 10 games in the top flight away from home since the uh, since I was like two years old
1: that would be, nice. be, be, nice yeah, be nice it would be nice nice we change a face for you yeah it would be nice it would be just if
0: the, the home form could match the away form That'd be, that would be class yeah right we're moving on to the the less positive awards, uh, we'll rattle through these just because uh, I'm, I'm wary of time. But worst moment, what have you gone for?
1: Um, so I thought there were three, um, <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> like, um, two from a professional perspective and one from a heart's perspective. The professional perspective one's been the last minute goals at Ibrooks and the last minute goals at Patodri because as subscribers will know, we do instant analysis and last minute goals tend to change. The outcome of that, yep, so that, yep, I do not yep. like that, cause that like that, to be hastily deleting everything and just starting again. So those ones aren't very fun, but I think in terms of on the pitch, I, th- I think if it's one moment, it's probably going to be Toby Civic passing the ball to Ellie and for 2 0 in the derby. Or those 83 seconds is, is 83 seconds a moment does that quality? Yeah, yeah, is that I've, I've chosen that. I've chosen that, right? Effect. Okay, good, great, yeah.
0: Right. <laughs> yep. There's 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 no need to there's no need to go over old yeah. wounds because uh, that was an incredibly frustrating, frustrating, frustrating day. So uh yeah, hip straw, worst worst moment definitely. Yeah. Worst performance.
1: Um I had the the 4-1 defeat at home to Celtic. Uh just I thought that parts were rubbish that day. I thought they were miles off it. They improved a bit in the second half, I suppose, but at that point the game's already done. Um, and I, it's just one of those games, I mean, that was the game that effectively done and that was the end of the back four, you know, or certainly, you know, if we like are going to see a back four against Celtic or Rangers again anytime soon, yeah. so I think that, aye, yeah, I mean, it was, it, was a, it was a bad day, a bad game, bad day, I mean, it was an unfortunate time to catch them in that Celtic were having, like, they were having one of their days where they're on it and when Celtic are on it, it's really difficult, but yeah, yeah it's just one of those games where from start to finish hard, for just not even in the game
0: yeah that's, that, i certainly consider that i've gone for just because it's just because it's celtic and also the because of the game I've, I've chosen and the just the like the like kind of what it meant thankfully it's not meant much so far but what it could mean and but what it meant at the time was the second half performance at aberdeen being mm-hmm. in control and then just Kind of capitulating, by Nace, we've talked about being being bullied uh, off off the pitch in the second half, and it was just with the frustrating aspect was the just that Hearts never looked like adding adding to the lead, and it was just all all very it was just all very safe and really disappointing, and just it was just an inept second half performance, I think, just mm. collectively, individually, and if you looked for a positive out of it, I think there was the reaction that came from it that they went and beat Celtic, beat St. Men and beat Hibbs and just the the discussion around it amongst the squad and the management and I think that was a, was a big kick up the arse essentially about um just the, the nature of the loss. So yeah, that that was that one still stings. Yeah. Not as much no, as absolutely. the Hibs, Hibs role.
1: Not not quite as much as that I wouldn't have thought. But um no yeah that was definitely again okay, that's one thing it's like yeah, first half great second half rubbish. It's just yeah not never really see that drop off
0: what is the managerial or tactical decision that still has you scratching your head
1: uh i've got two again yeah, um, I've got two. and they both feature a player that i admire a lot as well actually um first one is uh benny benigni getting chucked in at Rosenborg away i i know i know you you brought you brought this up with steven Day Smith. i know he's defended it yep it just i don't know he looks very much like a man who hadn't kicked a ball in 17 months you know, that's exactly what he looked like. He looked like a guy who hadn't hadn't played a game in a very long time. Uh, so I'll go for that. And then the other one I've got is from the again the two each uh, derby when Larry was brought off and Bennington was brought on, just lost control of the game at that point, lost lost the momentum, and then obviously a, you know a few minutes later we all know what happened. So I think those, those are both ones you go, like, oh yeah, don't know, don't know what was going on there.
0: So with the Benny one, and yeah, obviously it's still going to rank with people, but both. Naismith spoke to us about it, but uh, Benny's also spoke. I think when he spoke to Barry, where Barry uh, Anderson spoke to him earlier in the season, um, he talked. He kind of talked around that Rosemary game, and he just said he did like he felt he was ready, and mm. there was no issue on his side. I remember going to the Dunfermline. I know it's a preseason game and against Dunfermline, but I remember going to the preseason game against Dunfermline at the start of the season, uh, at the start of preseason. Benny played in the second half of that game, and he looked like he had never been away again. It's slow; it's a preseason game. It's not anything mm. like Rosenberg, but he looked, he looked on it, and that's why I wasn't um, wasn't surprised to see him against Rosenberg. Obviously, it didn't work out all that well, but the the, the feeling is, is that he was more than ready to start having gone through, uh, going through preseason. My uh, my one from the hips game was more the. Uh, when Kingsley got injured and yeah, I moving like the whole defence rather than just making a straight swap with Halliday, that's uh, that's one where I look back on and think, could things have been uh, uh, done differently or, or could they have gone differently if uh, Halliday was brought on rather than bringing on a fire and then bumping everyone uh, across one. Obviously, you look at uh, Raouls and his pace to go up against hips speedsters on um, wide position, but then you look... It's quite a narrow pitch at Ten Castle. If there's if there's a game, if there's a location you want, you're kind of happy to have someone like Halliday up against Boy or Johan. It's probably Ten Castle. And there's not that much space. Mm. The, only, the the other one was that still um, has uh, scratched my head was the the Devlin at Mirren. Yes, that's very, a good one.
1: Yeah, played, good one.
0: played quite played very. He um, was he was played from the right, but yeah, it was just I was a lopsided formation, and it was just just it just clearly just didn't work.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that was one. I mean, I remember we were sitting it's in the stand and, you know, obviously it's St. Marin you're not exactly high up. You know, you're quite low down, you're quite near the pitch level and you're just going like, what on earth is this formation? It's like, you know, I, don't, I don't understand <laughs> I don't know what's going on because you had to figure it out. Um, yeah, that was certainly a strange one. And thankfully, it, doesn't the seems to have learned his lesson?
0: Yeah, so I think that was that's the big uh, the big thing is the, the learning from it, and you look at the decisions that have been made now, like uh, kind of tactically, personnel wise. You've more often than not, you've got guys playing in their strongest positions. It's yeah. there's, there's a balance, and um, maybe more kind of more, more pragmatism about it. I just everything just makes kind of more sense, and like <laughs> that's fine. Trying new things out and trying to. Uh, uh, try to be creative for seeing a weakness and trying to exploit it by doing something different but sometimes you just best just just it's just go normal i just play and play. Uh, yeah, like the, <laughs> the conventional, conventional
1: wisdom is convention for a reason yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> The so we've just had the the tactical the management decision that's left you scratching your head Three more to go. Biggest dis- disappointment? So this is in general. I've, I've mm. looked at it g- in general, but what's your biggest disappointment?
1: Uh, I went for the League Cup semi for this one. Again, I just thought it was a game where... Yeah, consider that. Yeah, it, it, Hearts were quite defensive, but it just looks like they were set up in a way where they had absolutely no plan for responding if they fell a goal behind. And it just it didn't, there wasn't much attacking intent on show, not until... Maybe the last ten minutes, 10, ten fifteen minutes, and the game's already wet, you know dead and buried. So, I think I think that was a disappointment one, particularly because I mean they got into, it was now nil at half time, wasn't it? So it's kind of you're kind of all yeah. oh, right, you know. It's not been great, but it's still in the game. Who knows? Nick, I go, and then the second half it was just uh, Rangers scored twice quite early on, and then you go well that's that. And again, it, it was more the it was the nature of the display. It's more the fact that Hearts didn't really like love on Rangers by the time it was all said and done. And I think that that's yeah. got my disappointment, you know.
0: I think that was, there was just the general feeling amongst the Hearts fans, just like almost waiting for Rangers to score to give them an excuse to leave. I just thought there's was, mm. there was a lot of belief, and there was not there's there was nowhere near the same belief in the team back then as there is as there is now. Uh, yeah, which definitely. Is the way things have progressed. I have gone for so biggest disappointment. In general, kind of the start to the season, just because there was a, I think there was a real missed opportunity to, yeah. <laughs> to have uh, kind of wrapped up third almost, or even just been closer to those firm than maybe uh, than we are to Kilmarnock But like a specific moment, uh, Kai Rolls conceding the penalty against Park because mm. Shanklin had scored, and you're thinking, get got ahead, and you're just thinking this you could go get a good result and take to just take something to, to hold on to or defend in Greece but then to concede so apparently something that it was like so unlike him in terms of the, how he's the position he was in yeah that kind of just knocked the stuff in out mm. that, uh, that kind of that period of the, the tie
1: so again, like, again, was, like, similar to the Hibs game it must be one of those ones where you know there must be 90 seconds between Shanklin scoring and then Rosenborg getting defender, it can't be long because it's straight from kickoff, isn't it? They just get well from kickoff and just charge down the wing.
0: And then yeah, so it. it was it was uh, so it was in the ninth and then it came in the uh, so the goal was in the twelfth. So when you consider it, it was apparently and then they they kickoff, and yeah. So there's ve- ve- there would have been very, very little time between it. <laughs> mm. Yeah. Uh-huh. What Not could what, what what could it be? And penultimate one player you want to see more off. sorry, more from in the second half of the season, whether this is more minutes on the pitch or just more consistency, more quality, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera.
1: Um, so I've got one. I think my main one's probably Cammy Devlin, who obviously has been injured recently, but even before that seems to have fallen out of favour a wee bit. Mm. Under Naismith, certainly, you know, I think Neuhoff certainly seems to be the nearest man ahead of him. Um, and I just I really like Cammy Devlin. I think he brings a lot to the team. Um, I think he's really effective. I'd like, see more of him. And the other one in terms of like a player who. That's something I just think you know, I'd like to see play more minutes because I enjoy watching him. The other one who I might draw he needs to show a little bit more over the second half of the season, probably Utaro Oda. Just because we know we know there's talent we saw towards the end of last season that naismith knows how to nurture that talent. Mm. But again, like we've touched on it before, sometimes he's not maybe a bit reluctant to get forward. Maybe he's you know, um he's not always making the right decisions. And to be fair as well, he might it's part of it as well as a casualty of the system and that the you know, yeah. In the the in the three five two, there's not really a home for him there. But certainly when Hearts half playing with Wingers and he has had that opportunity, I don't think he's grasped it. And I think that he's one who could be doing a bit more. Because again, he's we have know the talents there with him. That's the frustration.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I, really, I agree with that. Although, although not chosen on bad, he was one I consider just because of a frustration I have with Yutaro taro and how much he could take, Fred, how much he could learn from Alan Forrest and especially mm. the way he approaches games and when he has the when his ball his feet he's, he's direct and he's positive and you want you to to have maybe a bit more confidence in himself and not play as as safe so yeah i completely agree with that one i went for callum newhoff just because i expected a lot more from him i watched yeah. i watched a fair bit of him playing alongside morgan schneiderland in the a league and the, the hope was that he would just be really direct and really positive with the ball carrying it he can do it, but there's at times there's times where just you, you just want to get onto the the pitch and just shake him and just go. You can do this. Just just do it. Rather mm. than uh, there's the, the 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 one against uh, Ross County where he gets the ball and passes it to Halkett where he's got so much space. Oh yeah, yeah, just, just up. frustration. Yeah. I know Naismith really likes him, and Naismith has talked really positively about him, and he's he thinks he's got he's he's got he's got a lot of potential, a lot of talent, and he. I just think. I would like to see Steve of it if he wants to hold on to a spot in that midfield because you look at Benny who um, keeps and then you've got Denham has really come on to game and Cammy Devlin coming back, George Grant coming back. So he, I don't think he has shown enough to hold, keep those players out of the team.
1: Yeah, exactly. I, I'd agree with that. You know, I think that, I, I think he's been decent at times, but yeah, I think there's definitely more to come from him. And Like you say, when you list off those players that are vying for that position, you need to be playing pretty well these days to get hold on to that spot at heart, so you should have to, I think. Yeah,
0: absolutely. And finally, we we've got to the end and we've left we don't want to finish on our negative, so we've left one award to the end, and this is gonna be a very, very quick one. Most mm. valuable person.
1: Um so I went for Liam Boyce. No. Shang, of course it is. It's always good. Yeah. yeah, of course it is. Uh, what, I mean, what more can you say about the guy? Um, yeah, I mean, wrote a piece earlier in the week basically saying that. It's getting to the point now where Hearts can't afford to sell him. Never mind, you know, can't afford to turn bids down. He's worth so much to the team. Everything goes through him. From a tactical perspective, obviously, there's the goals. He's scoring against everyone. He's scoring all different types of goals. He's dragging Hearts through a game single-handedly at times. If he doesn't play well, the team doesn't play well. That kind of says it all, I think. So, yeah, I mean... At this point, what what can you say? What can yeah? You that's
0: see? It. I've, I've got. I've literally got. I've, I've got nothing to add other than he's not only the most valuable person to Hearts. So I think he's in, in terms of league wide. He is the player who's most valuable to their to their team. Of the, Definitely. Of, of the twelve. Of the twelve. Un, teams.
1: Unquestionably. Again, he scored more goals than the rest of the team combined. Yeah. So that's
0: yeah, not... I just I, I, we, uh, because we've. Um, I think I gave him best goal, but other than that, not got really an award for Shanklin, so they had to finish with MVP. So there we have it. Uh, 10, 15 minutes more than I expected, but uh, no, that was enjoyable. Uh, kind of um, a very swift look at this past season with some, with some awards, had a wee bit of fun. Uh, talking about hearts so there we go i need to show off to the vets now so uh thank you very much everyone for watching continue to subscribe and support be sure to check out everything on heartstandard.co.uk got an in-depth interview with stephen Naismith on the site today looking at the academy and how he wants to promote and uh, integrate players from the academy into the hearts first team better and then tomorrow we'll have a piece looking at Benny Beningami and his role within the team his function how important it is uh, which uh, James is uh, writing up but until Friday when I'll be back with Scott McIntosh to answer some questions thank you very much and goodbye